Hi, I'm Curtis Herbert. I'm Alice Zhao. And I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us talk about our efforts to, you know, make money sometimes. Buy some ramen. Yes. <laughs> or expensive ramen, if you're really good. <laughs> Alice's fancy ramen. <laughs> yeah, it, she has the best ramen out of the three of us, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least she brags about it all the time, so. I do. It's because it's not from a package. <laughs> do you put bacon in your ramen, Alice? Oh, that's a great idea. Mm. I'm going to put bacon in my ramen. You should do that. <sighs> Why would you ruin good Delicious. ramen with bacon? Don't. This is going to become a thing, Whatever. isn't it? <laughs> so anyway, let's, instead of bad ideas like bacon and ramen, let's talk about good ideas. <laughs> so at the core of our quest to making money and, you know, surviving is coming up with business ideas and actually implementing them and working on them. And I've been kind of curious to talk about that a little bit with you guys, because I, I don't know about you two. Personally, I don't feel like I'm an idea generating machine. That's never been a strong point to mine. And I think maybe that's because I filter them out too quickly and don't really explore them. But what are you two like? I thought I was an idea generating machine. <laughs> but when we first started out, Yana and I were just like, let's make an app together. But what what is it going to be? And, you know, when I I don't know why we could not come with up with anything reasonable. Like, I think and my husband came up with something like zombies, something zombie related. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> like zombies. Why would I do this? Like, so they were trendy back then, though. <laughs> sure. So we were looking at trends, but we quickly realized, like, we don't like trendy things just for the sake of the trend. And so and it, it was my neighbor who came up with the idea to do something language right. related and it stuck. So I don't think I'm the idea generating machine I thought I was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Jelly, I think, is though. Uh, yeah, Jelly, you got that. you got ideas coming out of the butt over there. Yikes! <laughs> I don't know about that. I just I I think it's part of my personality. I think part of my personality is to like try and solve all of my problems in odd ways, and I guess that's part of like what I've turned into my business strategy of like, well, I'll I guess I'll try to make an app or something for this and try and see if I can solve this problem this way. Um, that's pretty much how I've come up with every every app that I've ever created. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that's that's my that's my strategy to just life in general. <laughs> just try all the things. Yeah, yeah. As a kid, I remember living on a farm and we had this really long driveway that had grass down either side of it. And it was my job to mow that grass and it was a flip ton of grass. Like it was a lot. It was more than most people's backyards, right? And I would try to come up with new and interesting ways to not have to do the work and doing <laughs> like all of that work to try and not do the work usually took me yeah. longer than it actually did to actually just like go out there and flip and moat. Yeah, I was an expert at that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, so and that's like that is basically how I've kind of I've I've matured from doing that to doing actual like proper like solutions that work. So I've come I've I've come a long way <laughs> as you know, I've, I've I've grown up. <laughs> but it sounds like your ideas are, are less uh, sitting down and trying to come up with an idea and more just recognizing when there's an opportunity for improvement yeah, that's there. that's what it sounds like. Yeah. I, you're, you're a classic engineer. <laughs> I'm so very self-reflective. Like, I'm, I'm always noticing like, things that I want to, like, resolve and fix and change about myself. And I guess that kind of naturally extends out to the things that I'm doing. Like, I want to be able to do things easier and faster and not have to do all the work. Um, every time especially if it's something repetitive mm-hmm. and that's generally how i've come up with all of the products that i've ever created like gift like gift is literally born out of i don't want to have to freaking google 
for gifts every time that I want to use one. I just want to have like yeah. a collection and send them to people. <laughs> like, yeah, that that's basically all I've all I do, and then I just kind of expand on that and work on that. And sometimes it turns out that like you know other people like that stuff too. Yeah, I, I think that's you know one key thing I lack at least personally is I'm generally I don't know I don't go out of my way to try and invent solutions when I notice I'm doing something inefficiently. I'm just kind of like. Okay, that's how it is. But I think I've probably ignored a lot of business opportunities that way. Mm-hmm. There's even within, I mean, not that I would want to sell to developers because we're a very picky bunch, uh, but even within Xcode toolchain stuff, I think there's a lot there that could be tackled. And I just tend to ignore it and just be like, eh. But at least that's me. I have an internal filter that I think is a pretty high bar for when I'll actually consider a business idea beyond a fleeting idea. Do you two have anything that really goes into... You know, when you're considering a business idea, if you're going to pursue it or not, like what what kind of trade-offs do you two normally keep in mind if you give it more than a fleeting thought? Briefly, when we were trying to figure out what to do after we had launched a bunch of languages for the original Gus, and we had put it on the Android world, and we're like, yeah, we're not making that much money. Maybe we should just take a break and try to find something that does make money so we can support ourselves. And my friend suggested, he's... I have a friend who's in the Silicon Valley game and he like does a lot of pitches to investors. So he's like, you know, you should just make a quiz app and just see what happens. It's very trendy right now. And it was, (laughs) I I saw, I, I looked at so many quiz apps and then the problem there was that he suggested, you know, if you're just going to do a quiz app, why don't you just find something dumb? Like which celebrity said this tweet or something like that. And the more we like use that data, we felt dumber <laughs> as we pursued it. So your trade-off was your IQ? Yeah. And so so that's when we were like, we are not happy and let's just can it right now. And that's what yeah. we did. we're like, this is not fun. We have, you know, we're, we live across, we already live, we're trying to work across the, the pond from each other and it's hard enough to be, um, to work on something you don't care about. It, it's impossible. So yeah. we scratch that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I tend to explore without limitation i guess like if i i might come up with an idea and it'll just sit in my thoughts like in the in the back of my head just for me to think about when i've got you know other things that i don't want to think about Hmm. and then like sometimes those will graduate to like sketches and i'll start to like because i'm thinking about it so much i need to get stuff out of my brain Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. down on paper so i can like look at it and see it and kind of analyze it i guess um in a visual sense so i'll sketch like ui ideas and ideas for various bits and pieces of the app not necessarily anything kind of really thought out or pieced together it's not like i'm sitting down and drawing out like wireframes or anything like i might just like it might be like a crazy sketch of like a single pop-up thing that i was like oh i could just i could tackle this this way and it's just the idea is to get the stuff out of my head so that it's all in one place and i can kind of look at it as a broader thing and then sometimes those will graduate to like, okay, well, I'm really liking this. I'm really liking this where this is going. So that'll graduate to like, okay, well, I'm going to write something. And it's not like I'm putting together this polished piece of work. Sure. Yeah. You're prototyping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not beautiful yeah. and lovely, but I'm just going to like throw it together and stick it on my phone if it's an app and, uh, and see how that goes. A classic example of this actually is an app that I worked on for a long time um, called Microtimer. It really bothers me that, like, you know, Apple's stuff can't handle more than one timer. Oh, you're not alone yeah. in that. <laughs> oh, I know. Hi, I know. Joe. So I, <laughs> so, 
So I was like, oh, well, maybe I can solve this. And so I came up with this concept of like, maybe, like it's really nice to be able to put a timer in on the microwave. Like we have like one of those kind of touch button microwaves that you mm-hmm. can type in the thing yeah. and press go and it, that's it. And so my thinking was like, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of explore that. And so I explored that through UI sketches and eventually I built something and I just, I, at, at the time of building it, I was like, well, this just, this just isn't sitting right. Is kind of nice, but there's too much to there's too much to like solve for me to like try and figure mm-hmm. this out as a as a business thing, and so it got tossed out. Usually, if they if they make it through that kind of process of like I'm really enjoying using this, this is really good, then they become like then I'll polish them and then they'll go out, they will become a thing, and I'll see if people like them. So it seems like at least for your exploration of the ideas, Jelly, it's more you're really focused on the product itself. And that need to get it out there and build it and see if people like it. Do you have any early stage filters when you're doing all this for, no, I don't think I can monetize this. I don't think this is going to make enough money to really be worthwhile and therefore scrap it. Or do you kind of let the market decide and just play with it and see what happens? I mean, I, I, th- I do have filters for that sort of stuff. Obviously, like part of the reason that I was interested in something like MicroTimer and I'm going to continue saying its name because brand, I guess. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Always be brand. The brand for a, like a dead product. You know, the, the reason that that didn't like that made it as far as it did was because I saw that there was a, like there was definitely a need for something like this. I needed this for myself because I found that mm-hmm. multiple times I was in the kitchen trying to cook dinner and I'd have like three timers trying to go at once and I'd have yeah. like iPhone over here and flip an iPad up there and like one on the watch because that's how you had to, like yeah that's how you have to do it and it was a like it was a pain it was an enough of and it's enough of a pain sure. for me to like move that forward but I also kind of knew going into it that it was going to be something like that it was something that if I could solve this properly other people would be into it and that yeah. that's not always something like that's it's not always quite so obvious as the multiple timers thing but it is certainly something that like i consider before i'm even gonna go too far forward in in the process because i don't want to like waste time if i can it's not about solving every problem it's mm. i i gotta i gotta pick and choose the ones that i can solve and that i can solve like well i guess yeah yeah the trade-off i always have is again being very focused on like the business side of things you know i i don't know maybe this is part of me i i I miss but i used to tinker and build a lot of different ios apps before slopes and none of them really went anywhere one of them you know i actually launched but i feel like one of the trade-offs i'm always considering in my own time is like is the time that i could put into this new app going to pay for itself compared to if i invest that time into slopes yeah because it's not like i want to maximize my revenue or anything but it is something i'm up against for like hey if i could grow this business by you know 50 percent, you know that's a lot of money if i can make some changes to do that versus this random app i don't know but at the same time the voice in the back of my head is always saying you know, should you be more like, you know, underscore David Smith, like get a portfolio out there that can be a lot safer that that helps you explore different markets and survive when you know global warming takes out all the ski resorts. Well, I mean, one of the things that like David Smith has done has been to try a bunch of things, throw things at the wall, see what yep. sticks, like whatever comes out, you can kind of start to focus on. I guess I guess we should take a step back really quick and clarify for anyone who doesn't know. David Smith is an iOS developer who's very famous for having 
I think at one point I remember you said 80 apps. 30? I thought it might be 80? over 100. It's a large portfolio. It's, yeah. it's a lot. He slimmed down a lot. But at one point, he had like 80 in the app store or something like that. It was crazy. Anyway, but sorry. That's the, benefit. that's the benefit of his approach, see? Because if yeah. you start out by like throwing things at the wall, seeing what sticks, figuring out like and making all of your mistakes early on and doing it without having too much concern for like, will this fail? Like, is this worth spending any time on? Sometimes you only know what's going to be worth spending time on once it gets out there. Yeah. And so by by making those mistakes early on and like by not being 100% like not trying to like get everything perfect every single time and just getting stuff out the door you start to at the beginning you're like going all over the place and it's seemingly very random and it's all like it's these big kind of like jumps from like oh I'll try this and I'll try that oh mm-hmm. I'll go over here and you start to as you start to see what works, you start to focus and you start to realize, okay, well, this one's this one's sticking and that one's sticking and that's the stuff that I'm going to start to focus on. And your focus like goes from being this crazy thing of multiple, many 80 apps down to like 50, down to like 30, down to 10 and all of a sudden you've got yeah. like a handful of like yeah. four or five apps that are really polished, that do really well in the app store and that like that are things to go on. It's it's a really common approach for doing a lot of things from like clearly a whole a whole business model um, but also <laughs> like you know doing like a project you can start by seeing like okay well what features are going to work for people what yeah. things are going to yeah. work for people throw them against the wall see what sticks come down and like and you start to focus as you kind of move and you kind of you land on the thing that is like the best possible solution well and that's definitely how I like my Trello board for slopes is you know there's a lot of things in there of just yeah ideas i'll just it's weird i i i guess i'm better at journaling my slopes ideas than my business ideas like slopes i'll just write down an idea even if it's not like if it's within the realm of possibility i'll write it down and i don't sit there and pre-filter to say like can this make me money but my business ideas i seem to be hypercritical of it's kind of weird i should get better at that i mean the only advice that i have for you is to not be hypercritical like just like it doesn't writing something down is not a like it's not a commitment you're not committing to six months of work and like it's it's five seconds right maybe maybe 10 i don't know if you're a slow writer 15 30 <laughs> like depends how long this sentence like is. writing I how long is a piece of string how long is a string like that sort of stuff is really it's it's throwaway like if you can write yeah. it down on a piece of paper yeah, and it doesn't hurt. you don't yeah. like it in in six months and that's fine you've spent 10 seconds on it and this, this, that's my, that, like, that's the key to my approach. My first instinct is to like, okay, well, I'm just going to let this sit for a while and see how it feels. And if it feels right, then it will move forward. And if it doesn't feel right, then I'm just going to leave it there. Like, there's plenty of ideas that I've had that have never, it, it never even like moved into sketching them or like, or doing things on paper. Doing things on paper is like my secondary step. And so there's mm-hmm. tons of stuff that hasn't made it to that point for me. And there's no reason why you can't allow yourself that momentary piece of time to think about it because it's not it's not a commitment. It's you, you're just kind of starting the exploration. I think on the flip side, I think it's also okay to not feel like you have to come up with other business ideas because you are on a very great trajectory, right? Like it's so it's hard to want to be like, well, you need any stop slopes work and mm. and make sure I'm going to be making money otherwise. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. There's also other ways to monetize um like outside of the app world. And I think 
that's where I've been focusing or that's where my ideas come from. It's like, how do I work out marketing or how do I come up with new ideas for like, like a paper product? Like I, you know, explore doing print work and we put it on Etsy and in some ways it could like, if I built it more, like I, it could be our marketing, but like I could use that as like whatever I sell there as a marketing budget for the app. Um, I've been working on like new print stuff for the next Gus. So I don't, I wouldn't feel bad by that you don't have necessarily have other ideas. Well, I mean, I have some, but yeah. <laughs> I guess my point is... We don't all have to be David Smith. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you ever hear the uh, all those um, pitches for um, VC money and they're always like, you know, here's the size of the market. And if I only had oh, like yeah, one yeah. millionth of a fraction, we'd be, you know, making tons of money. And, and so like in some ways, I kind of see that for slopes that like there is a lot more to be made and not necessarily via the app. Yeah, that's something I've definitely been considering. I think you and I were talking about, I think I told you about this one, Alice, but the idea of essentially, I, I so I have the 3D mountains in the app and you can see your data on that 3D mountain in the app. And I was thinking about 3D printing them. So you could have something on your desk that that's is right. your favorite mountain. You know, I love going to Killington, Vermont. So like I could have a little Killington, Vermont mountain uh you know some five by five 3d printed things sitting there on my desk on your are you sure you want it on your desk because it might clutter it good point okay on the shelf (laughs) where it belongs just reminding me well yeah (laughs) yeah i i think that is a really good point of like you know i think it's easy for us as app developers to just always be thinking about you know how do we make money with the app within app purchases and there are whole tangential markets there that we could certainly address, you know, even within our existing niche, just finding new ways to, you know, ask for money there. <laughs> ask is the right word. Beg. Beg. Yes, that's the <laughs> app developer way. So I'm curious. I think I wanted to spend a little bit of time exploring uh, what I've been calling in my head the graveyard. Apps that you've strongly considered or even got pretty far on, you know, actually writing or another business idea that you've actually done. Because I have a couple that I thought would be kind of fun to share. Um, and maybe these launched and then you took them down or something like that. But I'm curious, like, which ones made it through all your filter systems that we just talked about and you know, what happened with them? Back in the day when, like, food trucks just started becoming a thing, um, I had this grand idea where I'm like, I'm just going to build a website that collects all the, like, scrapes all the pages of different food trucks and, like, gets their schedule and and then it displays it so everyone knows exactly what time, where the food trucks are going to be so they can go chase them. Um, and I started writing it and then I realized that, you know, everyone writes their schedules differently. And I quickly got <laughs> tired of trying to figure out all the different ways you can possibly yeah. write Saturday and in what time. And like, you know, the, those small details, I'm like, I kind of got tired of it. So I didn't even finish. So it wasn't that there were like the monet- monetization filters. It was more like I'm kind of bored and cannot finish this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Prior to going freelance or indie or, or anything like that. Um, I had this idea that I took a relatively long way. I think the thing that finally, that kind of eventually killed it was just the sheer amount of data that I was going to have to produce. And that was going to be a bit, uh, a bit rough for a single person to, yeah. to do on their own. But the idea, uh, the general idea was, and, uh, stop me if you've heard this before, is that 
with the launch of things like iPhones and stuff with GPS and stuff like that, you kind of always have like something that knows where you are. And one of my favorite games of all time is Age of Empires 2. <laughs> and I kind of had this great idea of like, what if you had that sort of a game where you like have to like find things and do things and gather resources or whatever and like maybe attack and fight things, but you do it on like a global scale. And so like the world is your map. But you kind of have to go to places to do things. So you have to like, you know, you might have to go go for a bit of a walk out to, you know, you know, to down down the road to like gather something or to to go into a fight. So you made Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't get that far because clearly I didn't have that sort of you a data been set. Super but yeah, rich you could have had that market. <laughs> I still have all the sketches from like it's m- multiple years ago. This was back in like. 2005, I'm going to get it, maybe 2008. Mm. No, it would have been okay. late in 2005, so it would have been about 2008 or nine. Yeah, mm. you could have been the first Ingress. I, I could have I could have been there. Like, could have, yeah. would have, should have. <laughs> Although, so speaking yeah. of, I oh, I'm so pissed about how the story ended. Pokemon, when it came out, uh, people were pinging the APIs to scrape data. And there's this little radar in game, but it doesn't actually tell you which direction to go to find the Pokemon. It's just like, it's nearby, it's sort of nearby, or it's sort of, sort of nearby. Um, and they have little, like, three little paws to represent that distance. And so you kind of had to walk around and triangulate your own Pokemon. It was kind of just terribly done. And at the same time, there were also websites coming out where you could download open source code, run it on your own server, and it would ping their API to display on Google Maps, like, oh, okay, that Pikachu. Yeah, it's in this corner of the university. So I decided, you know what, this is, uh, there's a lot of money in Pokemon Go right now. Uh, So maybe two or three weeks after it launched, I'm like, okay, you know what, I got a great idea for an app. I'm going to build an actual working radar for Pokemon Go. Like, that's all there was. This is going to be a working radar. And to my friends who tried it out, like, they loved it. It did what the game should have done the entire time. And it looked kind of good. Uh, it was called Three Steps for those three little paws you would see. It was adorable. But so I'm <laughs> on a road trip. I have it in iTunes Connect still. It is my graveyard. I look at the icon all the time. Uh, I, I, oh, I, I, well. I upload the binary. I'm getting ready to submit it. I'm worried if, you know, Nintendo's going to sue me or whatever. But whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be rich. <laughs> so I'm on a road trip to Gen Con, a gaming convention. And we use it at yeah. a rest stop. And I'm like, oh, great. There's actually a Pokemon near here. And then the next rest stop, I can't find any Pokemon. And it can't oh my God. do anything. And it turns out during the road trip they changed a bunch of stuff to start to lock down the servers so those apis no. wouldn't work anymore if you're an unauthorized client I'm like no your retirement just, money <laughs> i know if i launched this one week earlier i could have like gotten something out of that and oh i'm just so bitter at how that turned out because like then i'm there at the conference and i'm just bummed the entire time i'm like i had a million dollar idea and i could ride the coattails of nintendo uh. so that icon makes me sad a little bit every time i open itunes connect Aww. to us and it slopes so one of the things that i'm working on at the moment is this the one that actually spawned the conversation yes <laughs> I, on the last couple of episodes we've talked about things like scheduling and uh I mentioned that um, I've mentioned a couple of times that I like to uh, procrastinate with other projects or other like features or other things like that. Uh, common, common thing with me. <laughs> common thing with many entrepreneurs, I think. Yeah. Uh, yep. That was me today. So um, one of the things that I uh, I've had on my system a little for a little while a tool that I use to look up the um, folders for things for app bundles. 
and the app containers that you store like that you store things in for the simulator so that like so when you install an app to a simulator on the on your Mac it obviously puts the like puts the data into a place on your Mac and you can totally access that and modify it to do things like um you know if you want to set set it up from a specific kind of starting point so you can test like migrations and stuff like that or if you just want to like mess with things while it's running to see yeah edit the playlist like, and yeah, like, change your defaults edit something and yeah. see like or you know just delete a bunch of data and see see if it's going to be able to handle that <laughs> see if anybody gets angry so i've had a tool that looks up those folders for a while and uh i decided that i was kind of a bit bored with what i was working on so i decided to jump onto creating a, an actual app for this and um have a menu bar thing that i can like just have sitting there that all I have to do is go up to the menu bar, click a couple of things, and bam, I've got the folder that I want, um, and I can start messing around with files and stuff like that. So I, I wrote it. I put it together. It took me this literally yesterday, like just started it yesterday morning, finished it kind of afternoon slash evening a little bit, and I thought that, you know, maybe this is actually kind of cool. Like, this is nice. I'm gonna, I'm thinking that I might actually have something here. I wonder if anybody's interested in this. And so I sent it to Curtis this morning. Well, no, you didn't even send me. You sent me the question. Hey, do you ever access your simulator folders? And I'm like, yeah, there's this great app for it. You should check it out. And I'm like, oh, damn it. I don't know. I feel like I still have something. <laughs> no, and as we found out later, their current download link. Is so, oh, man, uh, their website is a mess. Yeah, it's... And you can't even download the latest version. Like, I could tell it's always been kind of a side project for him. Like, the app itself works pretty well. Um, I, it's been one of my go-to apps for the past, like, four years. Like, it's it's been there. But, yeah, their website, like, something's going on right now. Because, like, they're not maintaining stuff. Their download links don't work. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I think you should polish that up and release it. And charge, like, $1 less than they do. And uh, <laughs> your whole cell can be like, I have a working website that lets you download my app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seems oh, right. kind of essential this is kind of the key to the things that i like the key to the things that i do like i try to solve problems for myself and i tend to find yeah. that a lot of the time those will solve other people's problems clearly it would have solved other people's problems if if this other app didn't exist but then like that's not something to kind of balk at like like it is kind of a bit of a like oh oh well i'm I'm not the first person to have this idea well of course i'm not yeah but if i can if i can do it better if i can do it uh, if I can do it in a better way, a different way, like yeah, they're help testing the market for you almost. Then, then I like then there's that clearly I can like there is a yeah. place in the market for this. So, it, if anything, like the fact that they exist, that that app exists, and like <laughs> has tested the market, and it's something that like clearly other people would find this useful. So it's something yeah. that I'm like I'm even more kind of gung ho about. So yeah, now I just have to have Put an app icon for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never yeah. think you need to be super unique. In order to put an app out there. No. Yeah, it's, I mean, Slopes entered a, I wouldn't say crowded market, but, you know, I had two or three, like, actual competitors, not just, like, you know, somebody wrote a ski app on a weekend. There are quite a lot of those. But, yeah, I launched into a, quote-unquote, crowded market, and it worked yeah. out pretty well for Slopes. So one thing that I think that's helped my filter is not having to commit myself all into an app. Uh, so I've been working recently with a friend on an app, um, and he's doing a lot of the UI, the front 
client code, all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to be doing the in-app purchase stuff. Uh, so he doesn't have to touch store kit with a 10 foot pole and I can just copy my slopes <laughs> server side subscription stuff over to his server. Um, oh, and I'll be doing some of the like machine learning stuff we want to do. But I found that's actually been an interesting avenue for me to explore other business ideas is like finding ways to partner with other people to do it because I feel like it alleviates mm-hmm. the pressure off of me to do it all. Yeah. And kind of gives you some fun and like, you know, something different to do. I don't know. Do you, have you two participated much in collaborative kind of side business ideas besides, I guess, Alice, you're always collaborative there. Yeah. (laughs) That's your de facto. (laughs) Although I guess asking you this question is stupid because I know the answer to it because, you know, you did help me a little bit with slopes. (laughs) Yeah, I, (laughs) so it's my one other collaboration project besides um, working on Gus on the Go and it was so much, I can't even tell you, it was so much fun because <laughs> it was, well, for A, it proved to me that I could do something besides a language app. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it like, I felt like I, with slopes, I was able to generate so many ideas. Like it just came spilling out. So it, was, it came very naturally. Like it was just super fun to work on it. And then I also could just tell you what to do and you did it. That was was awesome. You know, I didn't have to write any code. It was great. I might have had to edit like a query, but I didn't have to write the query. (laughs) I sound like a really terrible uh, tech You're a product manager. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where I sit very comfortably. But um, like it was just so great to see like an entirely different product. All the marketing things and a lot of the ideas are very, very similar. And so it it was really good to actually see that and practice that. Hey, I can do this. For me, it was just about like not having to work from the ground up and like you're yeah, already, that alleviated like, a you lot had a great, of yeah. you had a great trajectory and that was cool. It was really cool to be a part of the ride. <laughs> I mean, I've had, I've had the occasional uh, thing where I work on stuff with other people. I'm just not really a people person. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, I had a comic app for a comic that I used to love to read it it no longer exists called multiplex uh it is now a web series it is awesome you should go and watch it i worked with the develop like the guy that writes and draws and illustrates the that stuff to produce an app that allowed people to you know read the comic on an iphone which was which was kind of cool was kind of fun i think it it kind of lost out in the end and it's probably one of the projects that got all the way but lost steam mostly because i just i just didn't have the time i just Mm. like i lost Mm. the time Working on that was already kind of at the time where I was kind of um, jumping about between uh, doing freelance and um, working full time, and then having gift wrapped on the side, and uh, so it was it was kind of difficult to keep it to keep it afloat. And that's not the fault of like the collaboration. I still talk to him; he's still cool. We still do yeah. things together sometimes. Well, that's good. But it's it's one of those things that with these projects that sometimes they just can't, sometimes they can fall by the wayside, and that's okay. It didn't make a lot of money, which I think kind of probably tied into it. Like mm. I couldn't. It was one of those things where I I couldn't really afford to spend the time because yeah. I was trying so yeah, hard to the hard make part. other things work. And so it kind of yeah, it it lost steam. It kind of it's in the graveyard. I don't yeah. have to look at the icon because it wasn't under my <laughs> account, but it's it's in the graveyard. Yeah, the, the sad one in the graveyard is also the Coca Love app sitting there, oh. being removed <laughs> for sale, but it'll yeah. always be there. And my other app that only earned like eight bucks. But anyway, (laughs) I have a fun iTunes Connect graveyard. There you go, people. That's your homework assignment. So we're going to wrap up here. But what you need to do is send us your graveyard 
Take a screenshot of iTunes Connect, blur out anything that's not allowed, <laughs> and uh, send us your graveyard because uh, that's, I don't know, at least for me, that's kind of always an interesting uh, grid to start filling up of yeah, I'd know, like to see all those. your ideas. I think or if they can get cool. all the way to iTunes Connect, share like screen, like, you know, ske- share some sketches or some. Yeah some um you know designs or whatever wherever you got to the got to with the project share them let's see let's see what other people have tried to work on and in the meantime don't be like me be like jelly explore your ideas give them room to grow Be like jelly yes be like jelly this is the one time i will say that he says <laughs> jiff wrong I feel like and his desk I feel is messy like we've said this before but I, and i eat bacon on burgers oh terrible <laughs> I eat bacon on all things. Okay, I'm going to have to end there. So, <laughs> if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so at hello at independence.fm or that handy dandy contact form on the website. If you would like to find us, we are occasionally on the Twitters. You can find me there as at parrots, the plural of the bird. I'm eat a duck, I must. And I am jelly bean soup. So, thanks again for listening to us as always. And we will talk to you again in two weeks. See ya.